Virtual Manager presents the How Did We Get Here podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the How Did We Get Here podcast. We're into Series 3 and after Virtual Manager Chairman Anil Patel, COO Neil Fillingham, CEO Tony Morocco and I had our overdue catch-up last episode, we have a special guest to bring you straight away. Earlier in the summer, to celebrate our millionth download, we invited former England cricketer and cult hero Monty Panasar onto the podcast. Now, Monty, one of the most recognisable players of the last 20 years, has retired from the game and has entered the world of journalism. In this, part one of our interview, he takes us through those transitions, the experiences that have shaped him, and some of the ups and downs of an extraordinary career. When I started doing more and more of it, it kind of like felt like, look, if you want to do a media career, then content is keep, so keep producing this kind of stuff. As I kept on producing it, that's where the interest came. Obviously, you know, maybe do a course on it and, and then see how it, where it takes you. Through the course, I managed to produce a podcast. And then I think the more you kind of do that, people start listening and, and they in the background, they're probably on your social media platforms and just looking how is Monty developing as a media presenter. Now, the interview was recorded in July, but we have kept it as it was so you can enjoy Monty in full flow. I'm Charles Dagnall, and it's episode 38 of the brand new series of the How Did We Get Here podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the How Did We Get Here podcast. I'm Charles Dagnall, joined as ever by Virtual Manager Chairman Neil Patel, COO Neil Fillingham, where it's four o'clock in the morning in Melbourne. You have gone hardcore on us, Neil Fillingham, for this particular edition of the podcast, and CEO Tony Morocco. Gentlemen, great to see you. Um, let's just, do, we've not spoken in, in a little while, so let's just do a remit on where we are are in the world starting well we know neil you're in melbourne and absolutely mm. delighted to be joining the podcast <laughs> at this time in the morning yeah bright and early in the morning i'm an early riser you and, look good uh, neil you look good <laughs> thanks mate i'm unshaven and haven't had a shower but you know yeah the voice hasn't warmed up yet as well there's a bit of sleepy croaking uh, i had the cold from hell as well the last few days so <laughs> the weeks the weekend and uh, and the early part of this week are terrible i'm way better today even at 4am in the morning, I'm way better than I was uh, the other pre- the previous days. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I always say, always say to get over any illness, get plenty of sleep. So we're nice to <laughs> knock you back into illness. That's what we'll be doing uh, during this recording. Uh, now, Anil, you are, well, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, you are actually in Pittsburgh. Tony is in Pittsburgh, yet you're not together. Is there something we should know? <laughs> we got the shirt we got the shirts on though right yeah, mean, yeah you looking. do you have matching shirts on both with virtual manager emblazoned across the chest proudly uh, so anil what are you doing in pittsburgh uh i'm helping tony with a few meetings i stayed on for another three weeks after my uh holiday with the family in mexico and, and orlando 
So we're, we're doing some work together, obviously not right now, but uh, we had the whole team here uh, in the hotel yesterday and uh, I'll be catching up with Tony a bit later on. Just on that, Tony, what's the latest? What's going on? You know, Anil's over there and you guys are working on stuff. What's in the pipeline? Yeah, the pipe is the pipe is full. Um, we actually have two new employees too that we brought on since the last we talked about one. We finally entered into the West Coast with a uh, implementation specialist, Luke. We did bring on a new trainer here in Pittsburgh, Audrey, and then we uh, brought on uh, an individual that has been really crucial to the business, named Rich Fezco, in as an as an advisory role right now. He has thirty one years in the business. He's pretty much the Michael Jordan of EVS or housekeeping. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been a buddy of mine for a while and same with, with Anil and Neil, but yeah, he's finally come over to help us and consult with us. So we've kind of restructured some of the team, the pipeline. We got a couple really large deals that we're working on. Believe it or not, the summer is somewhat of a slower kind of period for us. And we're really front end and back end of the year where we're really busy. So we're just kind of gearing up for our growth stage in the third and fourth quarter. Well, it sounds fantastically exciting on that front. And just if you want to plug there, Rich Fesco, who has been a guest on this yes. very podcast. And yeah. if yeah. you want to listen to Rich's uh, episode, then haul back. I reckon he was relatively early on as well in the peach mm. piece, uh, Rich Fesco. So, but a really enjoyable podcast nonetheless. So great to have him on board, no doubt. Just a little bit of news that we finally did. We broke that milestone on the How Did We Get Here podcast. We finally had our millionth download uh, which all of us were absolutely delighted with sending each other text messages and, uh, yeah. and whatsapp and all that sort of stuff with champagne emojis did you actually any of you actually celebrate it genuinely did you do you actually pour yourself anything because i had a small glass of sparkling wine yeah we, we did and neil and i were together we, we celebrated a couple things but we had yeah, some we, champagne we we did tony brought out the big the big d so we had some dom p yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah. what did you have, Neil? <laughs> I, I actually just kind of went woohoo and ran out of the we made him pour a whiskey though early yes well uh, well we i mean as a podcast all of us and i speak on behalf of all of us all of us are are so delighted that it has reached a million downloads we're going to get bigger we're going to get better hopefully but to all of you who have listened and have downloaded uh, and have followed us liked us subscribed and sent reviews followed us on instagram as well at the how did we get here podcast we're all really massively grateful that our little podcast has uh, done so well and has charted in a huge amount of territories and stuff and uh, and we're, we're just all so very very grateful so keep listening keep supporting us keep leaving us those reviews and we'll shall uh, try and and uh, bring you more entertainment as it comes and information as well as uh, entertainment too so on to this edition and well we thought after we'd got a million we need to get someone a bit special on so Anil and his ream of contacts has he's gone through the mobile phone and we have got ourselves a very special guest and someone who as we've had on before former professional uh, sportsman a cricketer and someone who really did have cult status in his time in international cricket Monty Panesar played 50 test matches for England around about 25 one day internationals 700 first class wickets and basically had hordes of people 
copying him, dressing like him, the beards on, the turbans on, and they just was adored by English cricket fans around the country and also around the world. And I'm very, very pleased to say that Monty has given his time uh, very freely this evening to uh, to speak with us. So, Monty, first off, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. One, we, I mean, we've got to kind of ask, didn't you have anything better to do this hour? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like I, I'm absolutely delighted that you uh, asked me to come on on, on the podcast because uh, I remember you getting me out first ball test match special I think eleven and uh, we had nine slips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's why I, I'm, I'm, I have fond memories of Charlie Dagnall. <laughs> oh, well, you see, that was basically the reason for getting you on, just to big myself up a little bit. And don't be surprised if that clip does remake it uh, onto social media via the uh, via the How Do We Get Here podcast uh, Instagram feed. That will get on there. And, and I'll embed it with this particular clip. So it's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely to do that. Look, we've got so much that we can potentially cover. Let's actually start from now and and sort of go backwards, if you, if you like. What, what are you up to now? What is the post-career um, status of, of Monty Panasar as it, as it stands at the moment? Uh, yeah, so I've graduated from, you know, St. Mary's University, <laughs> International Sports <laughs> Journalism. So I'm following your footsteps uh, uh, effectively and uh, trying to dip my turn in the media industry. And, you know, I had my own podcast called Monty Meets and sort of do a bit of writing for The Telegraph and then do bits and pieces and got a, a sort of an internship role with CNN. So, uh, yeah, just, just working my way. I, I find it it's easier playing for England than actually working in the media. It's so competitive. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing yeah, with CNN? Just an internship, like news gathering, and then, you know, help develop stories and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yes, it's obviously, you know, a very competitive industry and mm. uh, kind of kind of struggled for opportunities, but I that sort of cricket mindset that I have, I just sort of think, right, just keep plugging away, you know, and, and keep pushing, keep working hard. And, uh, you know, hopefully Charles or Charlie Dagner will probably give me a bit of advice and say, look, Monty, this is, this is the do's and the don'ts when you, you know, enter the media world. So uh, hopefully he'll, he'll give me a bit, uh, a bit of a few tips and a bit of advice. Yeah, well, first thing, do stab people in the back, and uh, that's a really good way of getting ahead. Um, and and slagging people off and, and all of that. I've already told all of my bosses you're no good. Uh, and so, uh, so you know, that's good for me, and that's the way I stay ahead. Uh, anyway, no, I, I just... Uh, what, I'm, what I'm asking is... The, the direction of that because obviously once like most sportsmen when they get to that point in their career that that you know they're, they're going to give the game away and they want to move on to other things why choose that kind of direction and you also said that you were sort of not lost as such but actually almost directionless how how did you come about that particular uh, route that you wanted to go down yeah, look, I, I I think for me it was more, you know, when I during the 2019 World Cup, when I had my autobiography out and I was doing a lot of interviews and also doing interviews about the England team doing well during the Ashes and also winning the World Cup, I found that there was a lot of a lot of in media interest. And then I used to go to the media centre and meet all the big boys, you know, like Nas, uh, Athers, David Gower, Ian Botham at the time, just quickly pop in and then just sort of sit there and, and watch how they 
go about their business and and how they do their sort of commentary and in in particular I think you know Mike Atherton sort of sort of, I love the way mm-hmm. he did his commentary then he go to the other room I have his laptop there right do his article writing so it kind of felt very much at home and I thought yeah this is maybe the next stage is where I want to go now so then I did a degree at at St Mary's University so hopefully people in the industry can take a bit more seriously that yeah he wants to take this route and then once I came out of it obviously graduated in March it's kind of yeah, like I, I spoke to my lecturers and other people in the industry, they go, it, it is very competitive initially when you start because there's people out there who've been in the industry either in the 60s or 70s. They don't want to, they don't want to give up their role. They don't want to give up their seat because mm. it's, it's such a, a privileged role, you know, to talk about the game, talk about sport. So you're competing, you know, you're competing against, you know, uh, you want to be in front of the TV, you want to do the broadcasting stuff, and that's probably the most competitive. Uh, role that there is you know there's like 15 seats and there's 400 people who want that and the ones who once they become very good at it they've got this job for life you're there for another 20 30 years so it is very competitive but there's so much sport out there so much social media stuff that you have to create your content and you keep sort of plugging away and I guess this is one of the reasons why I'm obviously you know, on the podcast, talk about myself, but Charlie Dagnall, I'd rather call him Charles Dagnall. I'm not sure which one, but it's, you know. <laughs> call, me Char- call me Charles. My mother, yeah, Charles. My, my mother yeah, will Charles. be delighted if you call me Charles. <laughs> yeah, Charles. Down, you know, I'll call you Charles. And it's just, yeah, just great to see how you've progressed and hopefully, you know, able to learn a lot, you know, especially seeing your face on Sky Sports a lot and you've got a distinct voice about you. And suddenly, I don't know where you developed your fashion sense, or supposedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't follow it. Fashion icon. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, we're swearing rather than what you're saying about cricket. Well, we can help you there, Monty, because he was a guest on our podcast. There you go. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah. He, he was the the designer, and he designed us jackets. He's a he's a sharp yeah. man, and yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, Tom Wharton, Tom Wharton, who makes my jackets and stuff. But it's, I mean, it's an all round look, Neil. Uh, you know, it's not just I don't want to be pigeonholed into one type of style. Uh, there are no random ensemble formats it's put together with Absolutely. style. And you know, just wait till wait till you see my runway work uh, in Milan next year. Um, <laughs> something that you just said about your podcast and and trying to develop different areas and also that you said that you wanted to be taken seriously and that sort of credibility and that's why you went down the degree route which sort of suggests did people not do that did people not believe that that's what you sort of were capable of well the thing is when i look at people on sky sports that are commentating right now and i and i think like the nasa nasa is saying michael atherton you have Stuart Broad there, Owen Morgan, uh, even Kevin Peterson. You know they've all been they've all captain England at some point in their career. So that I think tends to be like an easy option. Like that's what that's what happens if you're if you're a captain of the England team, you tend to go and and commentate. So I thought I don't I, I haven't I haven't got them credentials, you know, and, and I've been out of the game for a long time. And I, I thought if I do a degree, then maybe maybe people say, okay, you know, he, he's got that sort of something different about him he's gone out there he's gone to uni and 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 maybe people take me a bit more seriously in the, in in the mm. industry but then since i've sort of graduated i've, I've kind of like struggled for opportunities and i suppose um you know when i when i go through it or when i, when I meet people i guess it's 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 a very competitive industry and even when you get a degree it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the work that you're going to get but i suppose you just got to keep pushing you know it's, it's that it's that 
sort of fighting me when I wanted to play cricket for England. I thought, right, if I want to play for England, I'm just going to get to that goal. And it's the same thing here. It's like, it's a challenge to myself that can I become a successful sort of, um, you know, have a successful broadcasting career as a sports, you know, person and, and many other things. So I guess it's a challenge to myself more than anything. You're listening to the How Did We Get Here podcast, the story of virtual manager with Chairman Anil Patel, CIO Neil Fillingham, CEO Tony Morocco and host Charles Dagnall. question for me I think one of the strengths or advantages I see that you have is you're massively relatable to I guess normal people like myself I mean obviously you know Neil and myself from England I was born in Hemel Hempstead Neil was in Crewe uh, you're obviously down the road in Luton but a lot of the commentators or broadcasters we see you know from my perspective you know they went to you know amazing private schools and they were well beyond our realm whereas you're very much relatable you seem like the bloke that I potentially played against at one point in, you know, whatever, or, you know, seem, seem very down to earth. So I was going to ask a question around that in terms of, do you think your upbringing in, in where you were, in what way did it shape you as a person? And did that help you, you know, get through some of those challenges? Yeah, look, I suppose, you know, when I, when I was growing up, I played at Luton Town and Indians and, and very much people, you know, loved cricket. There are uh, a lot of people from the, like, like from Gujarat at, you know that that was the area so so they were so passionate they wanted you know one person to play professional cricket and somehow I, I managed to you know get through the ranks and, and play for England and uh, you know my experience and people know me you know they, so when whenever I talk about now about the game it's more of an expert in the spin department which is kind of like my entry point so you know when I write articles for you know let's say uh, to telegraph it's more about the spin spin related articles and then um sometimes you know people want reaction pieces and then i you know i give a bit more insight in that and i think you're absolutely right people find me much more relatable when you know even when charles said there's you know the monty mania or the monty Cole is probably mm. I, w- yeah. I would celebrate but then people enjoyed the way i played the game so yes. hopefully that, that that's a bit of an advantage somewhere or another where where people think actually you know what uh, let's just give him a go let's see let's see what he's like he's obviously <laughs> quite popular with the fans and uh, you know let's see what the response is mm-hmm. I just had a question too uh, Monty it's nice to nice to meet you and have you on the podcast I'm, the boys know I don't ask a lot of cricket questions I'm learning <laughs> I'm learning I know, I know you're a spinner and I know Dag, Daggers was pretty good too so I'm, I'm learning about the sport but you started on the kind of the post career I always ask some questions that were like relatable to myself as I, I played athletics in college, I played college basketball, and I kind of feel like I was in a basketball family since so I was five years old to when I graduated when I was like 22 or 23. And then I had a career that it was supposed to go professionally in Italy, and then it was kind of cut short with an injury and then some bad luck. You obviously played for a long time, and you were on top. Can you just talk through that transition to where you are now from playing? Because for me, I feel like it was like a year or two of like I can't remember because I was, I was in a depression of I was so related to a sport on top, I was, you know, pretty good. And then it just spit out into the world. Right. And didn't know really where to go, but how was that transition for you? Yeah, look, for me, it was um, more of a slow burner than anything. I, I, I kind of like 
was supposed to go on this show called Dancing on Ice. I don't know why I signed up for it. It's like it was an, an ice <laughs> ring and I broke my ankle. I didn't even make the show. And then, <laughs> and then for the next 18 months, it was the worst rehab in the world for me. Um, and then... <laughs> And then after that, I went back to North Ants, trying to do a you know, bowl, but my shoulder wasn't quite right. So uh, I tried to make comebacks through my injuries. And then that was like a more of a slow uh, process of accepting that, you know, I probably won't play, you know, professional cricket again. I think that instant hit where suddenly, you know, take, everything's taken away from you. I think that can be quite a difficult, you know, reality to process. So uh, um, I was quite a, kind of lucky and then I had some big tournaments, you know, with the World Cup being in England. I felt much, very much, you know, involved with the game, had the autobiography out. So I always like felt in the back of my mind, oh, I'll probably make a comeback, you know, mm. uh, some shape or form. But it was actually all of these little processes were, just, were, were actually just a reminder that, you know, the air's taken out of the balloon slowly and then eventually kind of realised after the end of the World Cup and the ashes that, you know, but maybe my career's over and I, and I need to do something. And, and, and if I want to, you know, pursue a media career, then yeah, give it a go, you know, study a little mm. bit, go to uni, see, see what I can learn about journalism and then come out of it, understand a bit more about the media industry. So it's, yeah, it's, look, it's, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? England, I think, produces the best global tournaments around the world. We've got the Euro 2022 with the women's right now, mm. had the Euro 2020 last year with the men's. Um, we've got the T20 World Cup coming in Australia. Then next year, we've got the World Cup. So there's a lot of sport. There's a lot of co- people are hungry for content. That's the thing I've seen. And also what I've been surprised by is, you know, people just want to go go to the games. They want to, they want to go to the T20 Blast games. The hundreds going to be fully packed. Test matches are packed. So there's so much sport, so much content out there that hopefully I'll be Maybe, you know, talking somewhere about the game, you know, maybe with Charles or something at some point or another. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it's interesting you saying that, you know, former England captains all getting on to um, getting onto the television and stuff like that. I just missed out on the England captains very, very uh, narrowly um, by having never played for England or not even getting to the clubs. Um, so, so, so it's not necessarily a case of, of having to have been uh, leading England to get into that uh, arena. I, I'm going to pick up on a couple of things. Content. Talk us about Monty Channel. Because this is something that I did a little recording for you on, on um, and he said, Daggers, Daggers, give us something for Monty Channel. What is Monty Channel? Why did you come up with it? Where did you want that to go? For what reason did you come up with it? Someone approached me, you know, Peter Lamb, who actually owns the whole software. And he said to me, look, why don't we create a Monty Channel with you? He used to work on Channel 9 in Australia like 20 years back. And now he's got a golf channel as well that he does with, you know, Nick Faldo. So he's obviously, you know, knows how to create this, the software package. And I said, yeah, let's give it a go. We started to, you know, produce some content. And then we, people kind of enjoyed it. They, they, they felt like when I was at the stadiums, I'll give my 20 second sound bite, put the okay. content out there. And, and that's how it kind of developed. And then when I started doing more and more of it, it kind of like felt like, oh, look, if you want to do a media career, then keep, you know, content is keep. So keep producing this kind of stuff. And then as I kept on producing it, that's where the interest came. Obviously, you know, maybe, like I said, do a course on it and, and then see how it, where it takes you. Through the course, I managed to produce a podcast, which is part of my project, you know, called Monty Meat. So now whenever I go and there's something, an interesting topic, 
I don't know, like transgender at the moment seems to be like a mm. hot topic right now. Get a journalist or talk, or even Charles, you know, maybe get him to talk about something away from cricket, produce it and put it out and put my start producing my own content. And then I think the more you kind of do that, the more sort of people start listening and, and they and the background, they're probably on your social media platforms and just looking how is Monty developing as a as a media presenter. Mm. Um, and then mm. if they if they like you, then suddenly you know they'll think, yeah, you know, come come on board and and, and join the join the party. Monty, I, I read something, um, I think it was about one of your mentors that mentioned that felt that life was, I think, 95% mental and 5% physical. When you were going through some of those challenges, how, how did you cope with some of that mental strength or, you know, how, how, what did you, how did that, you know, work for you? Because obviously you went through, you know, some massively high times with England, but also low times. So, you know, be really interested in that. Yeah, look, I, I think it's a great question. I think loneliness is, is a mental, is a breeding ground for mental health issues. So we spend a lot of time on the field, a lot of time, you know, in cricket with all of our teammates. But then suddenly when you're not performing so well or, or whatever, then, you know, you remove yourself from, from that scenario because you don't, you don't enjoy being in that cricket environment. And then you spend a lot of time alone because you don't know who to speak to. So I tend to ask people now about your, you know, the social networking or your own friends and your relationships. Do you have five people that you can speak to about anything? It could be anything on your mind, whatever it is, because we're all humans. We need to talk to people. We need to, you know, share our problems. Like they say, you know, uh, problem shared, problem halved. And if you don't have five people, that also is a reflection that you need to work on your social skills. So like you, you know, schedule meetings, schedule every couple of weeks, I'm going to meet my friend for a coffee or I'm going to go and see my mate or I'm going to just, you know, have a chat and catch up with people. Um, like, you know, cricket's been a huge part of my life. So I, I like to, you know, connect with, you know, cricketers that I've played with or against just to, I, I think the mind and the body registers that. They think, oh, that that's actually what you was, you know, for like last 20 years, you know, cricket has been so much part of your life. So I think it's so, so important to just connect with your cricket mates and the cricket people around you and, and just have a chit chat. It's nothing else. It's just how things, how's life, five, 10 minutes. It's nothing more than that, but it, it makes a huge difference in yourself because we spent so much time on the field. We spent so much time practicing training, talking about cricket. And suddenly you kind of like you remove yourself away from that. The mind and the body is going to think, well, I, I register you as a cricketer. Go and go, go to a test match, watch game of cricket, watch cricket, go and talk to people, journalists, whatever it is who are involved in the game. And the mind and the body kind of thinks that as that's what's normal. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Well, wonderful to hear from former England cricketer Monty Panasar. That's part one done. You can hear part two on the next episode of the How Did We Get Here podcast. How Did We Get Here podcast with Anil Patel, Neil Fillingham and Tony Morocco was hosted by Charles Dagnall. This podcast is property of Virtual Manager, produced and edited by Daggers Media Limited. Music.